Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Draft is coming up, uh, the NBA draft this Thursday, Gordon. How about that? Yeah, it's upon us. Sneaking up on us. And, of course, the Jazz have uh, been doing workouts for really a past over a month. We're going to talk to Walt Perrin, uh, Director of Player Personnel for the Jazz, coming up here momentarily. Of course, Walt spearheads all those workouts. He does. And uh, let's see if we can get out of Walt exactly what the Jazz's plans are. For what Thursday they're going to do? Yeah. So tell us, who are they picking, Walt? Or are they going to even uh, have that pick for themselves? <laughs> yes. If you had your way, who would you go with? Well, because, you know, we, we are going to have a, a draft special, as we always do, here on the Zone Sports Network. And I feel like we need to know so we can <laughs> accurately prepare it for said a, show. It is a need-to-know deal, exactly. right? Exactly. All right, joining us now, uh, Director of Player Personnel for the Utah Jazz. We welcome him back to the big show. Of course, he is Walt Perrin. So, Walt, uh, just for the sake of the station and our show on Thursday, we need to know what's going to happen. Can you tell us? <laughs> No, uh, we're not exactly sure yet ourselves, so we can't. I can't tell you something I don't know. Dang it! Well, that's you know that's a, that's a secure way to go about your business, right? If you don't know, <laughs> you can't blab, right? But exactly right. When, when do you expect to know? Uh, probably about uh, when we're on the clock. <laughs> is it that fluid, really, Walt? It, it, it is that fluid because there's a lot of there's a lot of conversations going on between now and our pick. Hmm. Uh, talk about the workouts. Have uh, are you uh, satisfied that you guys are going to have the information you need uh, to go in and make it happen? Well, yeah, I think so. Uh, I think we do a lot of stuff uh, without even worrying about our, our workouts. Um, the workouts are another part of the puzzle that we we or a piece of the puzzle that we look at for the players. But I mean, we've we've made some picks where we haven't even brought guys in for workouts. So. Um, the workout's just one part of it. So I think we're ready. Well, uh, you mentioned the various scenarios. There's all kind of things that could happen. When you go through this process and you work out, what was it, 80? 80 players? Um, excuse me, I, I, I missed that part, last part of that. When, when you work out, did you work out 80-some players? It was a little less than 80, if I remember okay. right. All right, but it's a bunch. And you're going through yeah. and you're doing your work and everything. But if a scenario comes up where you, you don't even utilize the pick, uh, I guess that's just a part of your job, right? That's, that's just part of the job. My job is to get us prepared for the draft. Uh, if we don't utilize that pick, we still have done a lot of work on getting to know players, getting intel on players, uh, getting testing on players. So who knows if the players that we don't draft this year, we might be talking about free agency in in three or four years. So we'll still have the information on them. You know, speaking in generalities a a little bit, Walt, when you look at all these players in their early 20s and, of course, trying to make it into the NBA, what's the one thing that usually needs to be improved with most of the players? Is it it shooting? Is it decision-making? What is kind of the, the one thing that usually is lacking? Uh, I, I would say for the most part, for most of the players coming in, they have no idea what uh, NBA defense is like, to tell you the truth. 
Um, most of them, yes, can improve their shooting, uh, improve their decision-making, improve their body naturally. But I don't think they understand what NBA defense is, um, even if they're a good defensive player in college. It's a little bit different, a little bit uh, more physical. A little bit, uh, You have to be a little bit stronger. Uh, you have to be a lot more focused because uh, you're playing against a lot better players. I don't mean to call you old, Walt, but you've been doing this a long I am. time. <laughs> okay. Well, you're experienced. And so my question for you is, what do you do when you see a player who you fall in love with or you really like a lot of his attributes, but he can't shoot? Or let's say he can shoot, but he can't. He, he's not proficient at it. What's the mm-hmm. likelihood that a guy like that can really make that, if not a strength, at least acceptable for what's necessary in the modern NBA? Well, again, you have to do some pretty deep digging in on that particular person if he's not a very good shooter. Um, You have to look at his shot form. You have to um, see how often or find out how often he may be in the gym working on his shot, even though his shot doesn't look very good. Um, You have to, some kind of way, figure out a way, is, is this player willing to change a shot to become a better shooter. If you can figure all that out and the guy is all for it, I think you can change a person's shot. It's going to take a lot of time and a lot of repetitions. Um, But if you can get his confidence and his form down correctly, he can become a better shooter. Uh, It's been proven with Kawhi. Now, that may be um, an extreme case, in, in, in Kawhi's instance, but uh, it, it has been proven it can be done. And for the most part, guys do become better shooters once they get into the NBA because they are able to, to rep it out quite a bit. When you uh, bring these guys in for a workout and sit down and talk with them, are there certain things that you ask them or are looking for? Uh, we have a little list that uh, there's certain questions we will ask players. Um, and we see how they react to them. It's, it's nothing extensive. It's nothing psychological. It's just trying to get to know them a little bit better. So Walt, we do, they uh, do do psychological tests also, by the way. Are you a big believer in that? Um, again, I think uh, it's been very helpful in some cases. Um, and I think it is, again, part of the puzzle, another piece of the puzzle that we put together uh, with these players. So, so given your knowledge of the team as it is presently uh, put together, mm-hmm. uh, if you had two players or three players, all who played different positions, and had you thought the same upside and the same talent level and the same drive and the same psychological makeup you were talking about, yeah. which position would you prefer at this point? What what position I would prefer, or what position we need? Uh, well, I, I would assume that those would probably be one and the same. Um, with the makeup of our team right now, uh, what, what we have coming back, um, I would say we uh, probably a a shooting wing. Hmm. Does well, that answer your question? Yeah. Walt Perrin with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. So, Walt, describe these next couple of days uh, in you, uh, for you leading up to the draft. What do you still want to get accomplished? Well, you just took me out of the theater. We were watching some players. So that's what we've been doing uh, all today. We'll, we, 
but do it again tomorrow. Probably look at a little bit more of uh, people at 53. Today we looked at more at the at the 23rd spot. Uh, a lot of conversations with agents um, on where they think their particular clients may go. A lot of talk by Justin and Dennis and David with uh, other teams, um, talking about trades, talking about where they think players may go. So it's a lot of, as, as you said earlier, I think with Gordon, it's, it's fluid right now. So it's a lot of talk, a lot of watching uh, videotapes on players, a lot of talking about players, trying to decide what we're going to do on uh, Thursday night. A lot of people have and looked. What might be available. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people have looked at what's what the potential is for a, a number twenty three pick. Um, you've done this a lot of times, Walt. Uh, what's your? How would you rate your enthusiasm for what's about to take place? Um, I, I, I think I'm a little bit more enthused uh, this week looking at twenty three than I would have been at say back in October. Um, I think there's a, a lot better players, and that, um, that's going to be very good NBA players in time uh, that I, didn't, I wasn't sure about back in, in November. I thought it was going to be a little bit on a, a not a very good draft, and I'm, I think I'm going to find out I'm going to be wrong with my um, outlook back in November. So I'm, I'm kind of getting excited about some of the players that, will, that could be there at 23. Walt Perrin with us, uh, Director of Player Personnel for the Utah Jazz. Walt, good luck over the next couple of days. Certainly good luck on Thursday, and thank you so much for jumping on with us. Thank you. Anytime, guys. Thanks, Walt. Walt Perrin. You think when they're in the theater watching uh, watching tape, you think they've gotten like you know the popcorn, the popcorn and soda, and uh, you know doing the whole the whole experience. <laughs> I think Walt's a Red Vines guy. Is there like an intermission? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I'm going to go use the facilities. I come back. Hold that! Hold it right where it is. Pause it. Back it up. I, I you know, Walt. Walt's tremendous. He he comes on with the. He doesn't refuse to come on during this period of time when he really cannot uh, divulge too much information. And maybe he's right. Maybe they don't know. Uh, and and that makes sense to me because if they're pursuing various options for trades and things like that. Uh, sometimes that stuff doesn't come together a couple days beforehand. Sometimes it comes together when the event is happening. So he, he's probably, I imagine he's telling the truth that he doesn't know what they're going to do or what they're going to be able to do. But he's obviously got his fingerprints all over what he thinks they should do. I think it is really fluid. You never know. So many things can affect so many things. Like, um, and I believe Dennis has talked about this before. They didn't think that um, Dante Exum was going to get to him at five. They'd never really even considered that possibility. They thought he would be uh, he would be gone. And when he kind of fell into their lap, that wasn't necessarily a scenario that they thought was likely. How do you review film on one hundred plus guys? You know. I mean, <laughs> you must get bleary-eyed at some point, right? Well, I, it's a job like anything else, right? If your job is to sit down and evaluate evaluate 100 plus guys, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna probably have your cup of coffee and uh, and get right to it, right? <laughs> well, I imagine Walt is probably reaching a point of uh, I, I wouldn't say exasperation, but maybe fatigue, because he's been busting this for a long time. And, you know, I mean, he does this year-round. I mean, you talk to him during the season, and he's flying here, there, everywhere to uh, check out the next prospect. But it's always interesting to see if the Jazz 
grab a hold of an idea about a certain player that maybe other teams don't grab a hold of. Right. And there is room for that kind of variance. And you do see these diamonds in the rough that are picked and late in the first round or in the second round. And then you think, wow, why didn't everybody see that? He mentioned Kawhi, 15th pick. Come on. A Dennis Lindsay pick. Well, I I think it's kind of why I ask what what do they need to work on most of the time because I think when you're when you're drafting in that area, you know, outside of the lottery and down into the 20s, you're looking at guys that have fairly significant flaws. And so right. how can you are those flaws overcomable in the sake of Kawhi Leonard? You know, the Spurs obviously were confident that they could teach him to shoot and move him to be uh, a dynamic wing player, that he had the athleticism and all that was there. They just had to kind of plug in the missing piece to his game. And he had the work ethic and the desire to do it where he is now, you know, the player that is before us who might right now, this moment, be the best player in the NBA. But, and at the time, there was a big risk because they were giving up George Hill in that right. You'll remember. Yep. I mean, and so there. It's not like oh, okay, we're just going to take a flyer on this at no no charge. No, there is a charge, but uh, it uh, it worked out nicely for them while it lasted, and it certainly has worked out especially nice for the Toronto Raptors. But can you imagine the? Uh, well, it certainly has. Can you imagine the vision though that those guys had to have? Let's think about Rudy Gobert. Uh, for instance, because yeah. he's a great uh, to to. I'm sure they loved his workout, and Rudy had a great workout in Utah. But I'm sure we all remember him as a rookie, mm-hmm. and they looked at him and they probably saw just a, you know, a raw basketball player kind of, you know, a guy with the size and athletic ability, but he was so thin and he couldn't catch the ball and he couldn't shoot the ball, and you have to be confident. Like, okay, I see it there. We know what we have to do to bring it out of you. Yeah. Uh, but that that's a big risk because, I mean, think of just how far Rudy had to go to really turn into what he is now. And they saw that ability. I mean, I think that, that certainly takes study and it's a, it's a risk. But you have to see it there. And then you have to decide in their personality whether they have the work ethic and the desire and all those things to, to get to where they need to go. It's, I mean, it's complicated. I still remember the John Stockton pick when that happened and the reaction of folks. Who? Gonzaga? (laughs) Because that's the other element to the whole thing. Who's he been playing against? What's he able to do? Can he get his shot off against an NBA-type defender or defense uh, relative to going up against, you know, Southern Missouri State? There is such a school. I have no idea if there's a Southern Missouri State. Maybe there's a Southwest. But I I mean, absolutely. Look at Damian Lillard. I'm sure uh, Portland was thinking, oh, man, he's playing in the big sky. Sure, Mm -hmm. he whooped up on the big sky, but what happens when he— Couldn't beat Montana. Yeah, what happens when he gets uh, to to play against the best (laughs) of the best? And you have to be able to, I guess, make that decision for yourself. Darn right. That's why what those guys do, what Walt does and the others, it's easy for us to sit back and criticize, and these guys are well remunerated for what they do. Uh, but it's tough. It's not. Nobody ever said this stuff is easy. I wonder, mean, it's just not. If the Jazz trade out of the first round, or when they have in the past, I wonder if Walt's like, oh, man, I've been working all year that's for that. That's what, what I asked what I've been him. Doing. That's why I asked him that. It's just part of the job. you know. But he probably knows... 
he probably knows every scenario uh, through and through. And even as he's undergoing these various evaluations and pouring so much time and effort into it, he he might also have in the back of his mind, uh, okay, if I were if I were Dennis Lindsay uh, or Justin Zanuck, this is what I would do. And he probably is communication with him all the time. But even though you're going through this exercise, you're also looking for every option. And uh, we we have heard about these these talks that are ongoing and so those guys obviously are initiating them or at least responding to them so that's why this is why the draft is is so much fun even if you don't have a top five pick uh, a lot of action happening especially this year i'm fascinated to see what unfolds on thursday you know teams making more room teams deciding that players maybe that they were counting on in free agency might be going a different direction so how do you how do you adjust to that and the evaluations themselves are probably fluid you know oh sure and and the way the jazz do it with such a a committee involved in discussions and uh, I suppose more than on more than uh, one occasion, Walt or somebody else will wake up in the middle of the night and say, "Wait a minute, I've rethought this a little bit, and I, I got a strong feeling about this guy that I didn't have before." Hmm. Well, it'll be interesting to see certainly what the Jazz do. We'll have it covered for you top to bottom uh, right here on the Zone Radio Network, of course. I don't really like to make this analogy, but I'll go ahead and make it anyway. It's a little bit like getting married. How so? Well, I mean, you know, you sometimes you're not exactly sure, but on the other hand, you got to weigh your reward versus your risk. And like, if you uh, are getting close to that point, and you're thinking maybe I should do this, and uh, and if I dawdle too long, too much longer, maybe that I will lose that opportunity. And so, at some point, uh, you gotta you gotta go ahead and. and make the move you were unsure when you got married no 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 i was very sure even though i chickened out the night before but i, I was very sure well uh, but but a lot of times you, it is a leap of faith uh, in all cases I you think. chickened out the night before your wedding no no i i had to bring in my pocket you know the story I know the story yes all i did is before postpone, proposing i postponed it 24 hours but see, if you if you did that the day before the wedding, that would be something significantly different. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That would not be good, but it would be better than going ahead with it and then messing things up well, afterwards. I was just I was pretty sure when I got married. In fact, very sure. <laughs> I was surprised that uh, that you were not. I was sure. That's a that's a big commitment to no, go no, down I, that road I, when I, you're I not talk- sure. I was talking in general terms, not in my specific case. And now Lisa's well, like, not sure. uh, for instance, uh-huh. yeah, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Like when Austin proposed to Whitney, Whitney's over there going, huh, "He's a he's a nice guy, and he, he's uh, now he, you're he, saying Whitney wasn't sure. <laughs> Watch yourself. <laughs> She's driving right now. <laughs> she, she knows the mistake she, she made. Was she sure? I think she was then. I don't know about now, <laughs> and I don't. I don't blame her. <laughs> I would, hindsight is uh, twenty twenty. I would hope so. I think if you're walking down that aisle, you should be pretty sure. Yeah, but yeah, I, I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to put down anybody's mind. But what, what, do, the, what do the statistics say? 50, 50% of marriages and then divorce? 
Those people weren't thinking like this that. This moment of optimism brought to you by. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> it might be even higher now. So you're saying be be like Lloyd and wait 15 years when you're with the person till you're you're really, really sure? Well, that was a case of a woman who was extremely patient. Yeah, you could say that again, certainly. But Lloyd does whip himself up some really, really good ribs. I'm just, I'm just surprised you weren't sure don't. going into your your wedding. That's all. I'm just surprised. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. Jessica helped with those ribs too. Oh, did she? Okay. They were uh, good, though. Big Whoever thing, did them. Thanks to Walt Perrin for jumping on with us. He joined us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Customers can get the fantastic iPhone X for 50% off with Flex Lease. Visit the local Sprint store near you. At least my wife didn't turn me down the first time I asked her out. Uh, she did not. Uh, your wife did not. Mine certainly did. That, she sure did. She slammed the Your door wife on turned you. Gordon down? No, she she turned me down. Ah, she did. There, there were no. She told you to pound sand. She man. did tell me to pound sand. And you and you didn't even approach her again for like months. Lisa's oh. pet name for me is Bowler. <laughs> Not pro I mean, we remained in contact. We didn't. Uh, what do you mean? I didn't approach her again for months. We didn't act in any kind of. You didn't make a move romantic forward. fashion. Yes. yes, that that is true. You quivered. She had to make the next move. What do you mean I quivered? She told me no. <laughs> Well, I know. You quivered. And so every time you saw her after that, you wanted to ask her out again, but you couldn't because you knew that you had been rejected. I was, the, And if I were some creepy stalker like you're suggesting, then I probably wouldn't be married right now. <laughs> what changed? You're going to have to ask her that. I don't know. Why did she suddenly decide? She didn't even want to go out with you. Why did she want to marry you? She uh, eventually... Uh, came to her senses i suppose i don't I, I don't know you'd have to ask her all right i will uh want to remind you about our friends at bullfrog spas they're having a special three-day sale at their factory all hot tubs are on sale with special savings above to 3500 bucks zero percent interest for 36 months oac hurry into the factory in bluffdale or any of their factory stores sale ends saturday so on thursday night when the jazz pick so-and-so if they do exercise that pick and that guy walks up to the stand and, and tells the commissioner, I don't want to play for the Jazz. I'm turning them down. Man, that'd be rough. Right there at the draft. That'd be a Nas-like move. That would be. All right, stay tuned. More of the big show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.